Welcome to Radio Holdarkies Off The Record Podcast with Greg Preble. Let's have a chat with the Bleeders. Kia ora, Angelo. Kia ora, how are you? Yeah, really well, thanks. You guys have taken a song that's over 20 years old and translated it and remade it. Tell me about the the reason you chose this particular song to redo for Waiata Anthems. Yeah, that's an interesting question. When they approach you and they don't really have a particular song in mind and they kind of leave it up to you and they say, well, what song do you want to do? Well, now we're looking at three albums worth of material, so it can be difficult. Leaders have never really ever been a super political band, but that particular song was pretty damn political. And I just thought kind of the climate we're in at the moment and the uprising of Māori, finally being able to have some autonomy, to me seemed like the right fit. So I just kind of flagged that by the, the guys in the band and they're good with it. They trust me. They they were like, yep, that sounds like a great song. And it, um, yeah, came about. Did you have to get some help with the translation? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm... On a lower level, I'm capable of doing a basic translation, but I sourced out Kaumatua from the Ngāpui that I work alongside as a multicultural advisor at my work. He'd written Waiata before, so he it just seemed like a no-brainer. So he, first of all, did a direct translation, and it came back to me, and I kind of like played with the words to the song, and it was just way too wordy to fit into the like the bars of the song. So... That's when I had to go back to him and I, I said, look, a literal translation is not going to work. How about we have a corridor about what the song's about, what I'm trying to evoke and what each line is saying. So he simplified it and, and created a translation that has the message of the song, but not directly translated, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so that fitted when you went to record it and uh, it all worked in with what the other guys have been playing. Did you re-record what they'd done before, or uh, did you, were you able to just use the backing tracks that they'd created 20 years ago? No, absolutely we had to re-record it. So this is the thing with technology, right? So we recorded that song 20 years ago at York Street Studios, and as everyone knows, that um, studio is no longer. When it closed down, some people got their masters back, some didn't. And you didn't. Funnily enough, when I went to the la- yeah, we went to the label. I said, "Have you got the masters?" And they said, "Angelo, my masters is a CDR." <laughs> <laughs> so he had a production master to press CDs back then, but um, yeah, we had to re-record it, which in some ways is a bummer, but in some ways is cool because you know, revitalizing the sound. We've got a a new member since then. His name's Aaron, so he's been. Four out of five of us are original members, but he joined the band about two years ago. You know, he's worked really, really hard, so it was really special for him to be able to play on something. Mm. It was the first time we've ever left a studio. We had two days to record the music, the vocals, and get a a basic mix down. And um, it was the first time we finished ahead of time. Right. Like we went home early. It was insane. (laughs) 20 years ago, you were a bit more, had a bit more energy back then. Uh, was it a bit of, obviously not a struggle if yeah. you finished early, but you know, just getting yourself into that physical state of performing like that. Absolutely. I mean, all the guys are tracking their stuff sitting on chairs. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Funnily enough, that when we recorded that EP 20 years ago, that was our debut breakout. And I was still learning about my voice. I would literally like sing and 
completely lose my voice at the end of a recording session. So I think after 20 years of doing music, I've got a bigger muscle, bigger vocal muscle, and a lot more confidence. I don't know, swagger about how I deliver my vocals in the studio. I've been there. I've done it a bunch. So I I guess in some ways, yeah, it was a little feeling the age. Um, But in other ways... Yeah, there was a lot more confidence. Like I knew what I needed to do, I and we just went ahead and executed it. Ask me that question if we do another song in another ten years. <laughs> sure. I'll be fifty-three by then. I'll probably be well past it. You mentioned that this version is possibly angrier than it was twenty years ago. Yeah. What is the anger about? What are What are you channeling here? Look, the original ver- version. 2002 and I'd spent quite a bit of time in New York in 2001 and I was there on 9-11 and it was kind of about like the kind of Bush administration and the war on terrorism and it was just a general frustration about what was going on but I don't know I was young and it's hard to describe but this new version we kind of took a similar narrative but it was more about uprising for Māori, it was about rangatira tanga, it was about Māori having the right to live out their life and their own worldview and not have to construct to a European-centric model of how they do things. And, you know, in my workspace, I've worked alongside a lot of Māori and at the local marae and seen how Māori flourish when they're allowed to just be Māori, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, for one thing, just the, the, vo- the actual, the te reo just has a real flow and a real thing about it it was easy to deliver aggressively but i think on this one as well i was just kind of like evoking the frustration of the people i work with and the frustration they have towards elements of the system and i try to channel that the best i could well you've certainly done that uh, let's have a listen hey uh this is angelo from bleeders this is the Tereo version of all that glitters re-recorded as tahuna teo marama and you're listening to it on radio Horaki.
It's Radio Hodaki, and that's new from Bleeders. It's called Tahuna Te Ao Marama, and we have Angelo from the band with us now on a Zoom. Kia ora, Angelo. Thanks for bringing us that new version of the tune tonight. Kia ora, yeah, awesome. You mentioned that uh, your current line of work had uh, a little bit to do with the way you thought of the song and where the anger came from. Can you tell us about what line of work you're in these days? Yeah, I'm a, a probation officer. Arapotama Aotearoa Department of Corrections. So, yeah, I work with people who have been to prison or people who have kind of not gone to prison but been given a community sentence. So it's a form of working with people um, and trying to um, steer them towards the right path. Yeah. You must see a lot of – you mentioned the song has anger and frustration that has uh, built up over the last couple of decades since the original version of the song and changed from its original intent and inspiration. You must see a bit of frustration in your line of work from other people. Did you channel some of that into the song? Absolutely, I did. I I mean, when I was delivering in the booth, I was just trying to evoke how upset Māori must be about not being able to be who they are, being told where to go, what to do, who to listen to. So it's just kind of like channeling that frustration that still to this day they're forced to live in a, um, a kind of European-centric worldview when their true self is much different. Have you had much feedback? Um, yeah, it's been all positive feedback, man. Even people I know that maybe don't understand what I do and, and, and have a distorted view on probation or corrections and think that we're just locking people up and throwing away the key and not helping people. I've had people watch the documentary and be like, wow, you're like a social worker. Like you're genuinely working with people trying to get the best out of them. I'm like, absolutely. absolutely." It's been a rewarding project to say the least, you know. One funny story. I don't know if it's relevant, but um, I did see one comment on social media um, on the Wired to Anthems page that said, OMG, this is the cheesiest, corniest crap I've ever heard in my life. And I looked at the name of the person, and it was my wife's cousin, <laughs> <laughs> who's met me, who clearly doesn't know that I'm a singer of that band. So that that was funny. Uh, that was funny. But, yeah, most of the feedback's been amazing. Uh, how was the, the June tour around the country? It was fantastic. Yep. Yep. Almost every show was sold out ahead of time, which is always pleasing. It's 20 years as a band, and it's... 10, 12 years since we were at our absolute peak, you know? So I feel privileged and we feel privileged to all those years later to still be able to tour around and play shows to pack out clubs. I mean, that's an absolute honour to still have the ability to do that. So we're very, very loyal fans and um, we appreciate pre- appreciate them very much. Yeah, and it must have been great to get amongst them again too. Yeah, again, feeling my age, jumping up and down on stage, giving a year all for an hour, it's... A lot different at 43 to 23, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, nice work. If people want to check into that tune that we play before, The Bleeders, uh, the Te Reo version, uh, Te Huna Te Aomarama, where's the best place to find that? You can go onto our social media, um, at Bleeders Official, Facebook, Instagram, and all the links are on there. And the yeah. documentary that goes with it? That is through um, Wired to Anthems, or um, I believe TVNZ On Demand might be showing that in the near future. Angelo from Bleeders, thanks for your time on Hodaki. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate it. 
Radio Hauraki's Off The Record podcast. Why not subscribe so they download automatically? And don't forget to rate us. Five stars. Thanks, mate. Find out more about this podcast and the people who make it at hauraki.co.nz.